Today, we are subscribing to the man, the myth, the wizard himself, Harry Potter. We also connect with the co-founder and CEO of Chargebee on a RevOps drop. And I want to know, what are your thoughts on limiting Slack communication to public channels only? All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWell's Boston HQ, it is Monday, October 21st. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. To kick us off, your subscription news. Grace, we are back on Slack. Well, what do you mean we're back on Slack? We're literally always on Slack, Abby. I know. I mean in the headlines, my friend. Right, right. So what's up? Well, Marie Prokopetz from FYI tweeted a question that caught my eye, asking her followers, what are your thoughts on mandating that most Slack communication be done in a public channel? Because she says she heard about this technique as a way to foster collaboration and communication on remote teams. We know remote work is on the rise, so communication tools like Slack and the transparency put in place within them are key to the success of organizations of this nature. And what's the consensus? Well, I'm first keen to hear what you think about this one, G. Well, it's definitely an interesting idea, but it's not one that I could get on board with. It sounds honestly like a lot of unnecessary Slack noise. I totally agree. There were some points brought up in the thread that I was on board with, like this one from Jeff Nolan, who's not a fan of mandating because people get anxiety about public channels. He says lead by example is his preferred approach. I found a lot of these types of responses. So were there any arguing for the use of mostly public channels? Oh, absolutely. Gary Walker, actually consultant and product director, his bio says, tweeted, unless privacy is absolutely critical, such as when discussing team finances or performance, otherwise all discussions should be in open channels. It's natural for people to gravitate to private chats and DMs, citing interruptions and not being able to keep up as excuses. He believes that mindset is wrong and that these types of people just need to configure their notifications properly. Damn, that's a pretty hot take. But in my opinion, those excuses are super valid. Yeah, and perhaps I am configuring my notifications incorrectly, but I'm already so heavily present on Slack throughout the day. If there's a conversation that I'm not needed in, take it elsewhere. Gary argues the reason all conversations should be open is that it makes it easier for people to be more aware of what's going on, allowing for the same spontaneous encounters you'd get if you were in an office together, and that using open channels for communication has the benefit of encouraging team members to help and support each other. Okay, so I do see where he's coming from then, particularly if your team is all remote. I don't know if I agree with the spontaneous encounters thing, but I know that remote poses a whole different set of challenges. I guess I can't totally relate because I have the luxury of working working either in or out of office. So I think we need to hear from someone who's actually worked entirely remote using Slack simultaneously. Zapier actually released a piece on fully remote teams with its take as depending on size. It said you'll want to make use of channels in Slack, but at a certain size, it can start to get noisy. So it makes sense to section off rooms into things like water cooler, engineering, marketing, but to hold off on this as long as possible when you are a small team. So at around 10 people, the Zabier crew started creating multiple channels. They now have more than 100. And at the end of the day, though, for remote crews, it is all about transparency. Carol Teske over at GitLab, an operation that's run entirely remote, can attest. Communication and transparency are 
are a huge uh, catalyst for a successful remote organization. Communication, obviously, because we're so geographically dispersed, that's from the outset getting that right, understanding what the communication channels are, uh, setting people up to be able to moderate the communication um, themselves is, is hugely important. And I would say the transparency piece understanding how to be as transparent as as, as we are um, understanding how to how to navigate it as well because you know there are certain things that are outside of people's comfort zones being so transparent and getting all that feedback but I think if you can really hone in on the communication and transparency you it, it they're, they're f- foundations for starting up if you have experience with this, Send me your input at abby at recurnow.com because I want to hear your take. Slack can be such a point of contention in so many realms, and this is just one avenue, more like a can of worms, that I'm opening for today. But stay tuned because Slack will be back. But for now, we're closing that can. For more on Slack, check out our episode of Pricing Page Teardown that tears down Slack's pricing page and strategy. We'll link to that in your subscriber newsletter. And now we're revisiting the idea of subscribing to humans. A few months back, we covered singer-songwriter David Archuleta tweeting about the drop of his own personal subscription, bringing to light the influx of potential for subscribing to people. In season four of Pricing Page Teardown, Patrick and Peter looked to the same concept, but with rapper Kanye West, a subscription service that could offer all fans the things they want exclusively from the artists themselves. It's a novel idea, to say the least. But what if we told you you could now subscribe to fictional people like our man Harry Potter. Apparently, Harry's headed into platform nine and three quarters and hopping on the subscription train in the form of something called Wizarding World Gold. The 12-month subscription includes a ton, like access to all seven ebooks and personalized interactive journal, which comes bearing your name and Hogwarts house, shout out Gryffindor, surprise details throughout, and enchanted keys that can be scanned with the Wizarding World app to unlock hidden content. It's genius, although I do think it should come with a magic wand as well. Okay, so Abby, she's not a Harry Potter diehard fan like me, and she's probably going nuts over me nerding out over here, but she doesn't understand. So say no more, I'm on board, hoping that maybe this plan will lead to a letter that says, you're a wizard, Grace, that I was so desperate to receive at age 12. What would it take for you, though, to subscribe to a human? Is this Harry Potter subscription just a gimmick or a seriously magical business move? And the Chargebee crew has news for us. They are expanding their RevOps platform with new capabilities and enhancements for B2B as part of their fall 2019 release. New capabilities include support for quote-to-cash workflows and for businesses selling to and based in Europe. But the team reminds us that RevOps is not just about aligning marketing, sales, and success, but instead the coming together of all revenue-driving functions, from marketing to finance, to plug revenue leaks and max maximize revenue potential. Integrations and enhanced support for Salesforce, HubSpot, Google Analytics, Stitch, ActiveCampaign, and many others enable functions across the revenue cycle. Here's co-founder and CEO Krish Subramanian to weigh in. What Chargebee does is we call ourselves a subscription management and billing platform, right? And essentially what we do is we simplify the the components in uh, revenue operations, cutting across marketing sales product and customer success through a product that acts as an infrastructure to connect these pieces together. Krish, tell me about this launch. Basically, we now do these. Our product launches are, uh, we do three major launches every year. And uh, 
the previous one was a mango release and the final release now is uh, going to be heavily focused on more and more components that are heavily focused on solving for specific markets. What would you want listeners to hear about RevOps? Any, any company that starts in the SaaS journey, we all start at zero, right? With the ambition that we want to build a multi-million dollar business. Some could be on a hyper-growth to go on to build a $100 million business, but some of us might stumble upon ideas which carefully constructed to a few million dollar profitable business, which are also good, right? And there are several paths to building a good business. Now, when you think about what we all go through through this different stages of the journey is we think of the, the entire payment, we think of this entire billing uh, or uh, what it takes for revenue all the way from marketing, sales, and sometimes success, customer success, as a funnel. Right? This is how we are used to thinking. But there is a mind shift here in SaaS and subscription. Vikram Baskaran, Chargeby Director of Marketing, can speak to this. There has been a massive shift in terms of subscription businesses and SaaS businesses globally, in terms of how they're trying to grow and scale their revenue. And we realized that Chargeby plays a critical role as an enabling infrastructure for these businesses to be able to get to and our core objective was to enable their revenue operations, was to help them plug the inefficiencies in their revenue cycle and capture new opportunities for the new growth. We'll send a link to access the full details of this drop in your subscriber newsletter. Plus, the Revenue Operations Evolutionary Framework for SaaS, so you can identify where you are today and equip yourself to scale. And that's it for your subscription news. Up next, Leela Srinivasan is back in our spotlight as today's subscription sapien. Today's subscription sapien is Leela Srinivasan, CMO at SurveyMonkey, who powers the curious with survey tools and believes wholeheartedly that feedback is essential for growth. And you know our ProfitWell crew is preaching just the same. Today, Leela shows us why she's so hell-bent on feedback for marketing success and how starting her career in the shower cleaner business got her headed for greatness. Although she has since become a master product marketer, Leela's background actually begins in history and English at the University of Edinburgh, later jumping into sales. Her first job in the U.S. was a company called Clean Shower, where she briefly served as a receptionist and eventually moved on up to marketing. Her extensive resume is nothing to scoff at, as we'll hear here in this clip from the Marketing Trends podcast. I moved to the States, uh, gosh, about 22 years ago, straight out of college. Uh, my first job was actually a startup in, wait for it, Jacksonville, Florida. That was a thing. And um, I found myself wearing a bunch of hats in the 18 months I was there, including marketing and PR for a little bit. So I had a taste of it. Then I actually ended up moving into sales. I went actually to a company that had been a vendor of mine and I really liked the service. Did that for a while, went to business school, loved my marketing classes, but it almost seemed too obvious to go into marketing, I think, at that point. So I went to management consulting instead and spent uh, three years at Bain & Company. And actually after that, so it was January 2010, I took my first step into what I considered to be marketing for real. Um, I ended up doing product marketing at LinkedIn. So I sort of took this very meandering path through a little bit of like vague marketing into sales, management consulting, and then found that a lot of the skills from, from business school and from management consulting were directly transferable into product marketing. And the rest, I guess, is history. 
Leela is now over at SurveyMonkey, acting as their first ever chief marketing officer. She has been there since April 2018 and is already making waves. Let's hear from Leela in this clip from the Marketing Trends podcast about what's going on over at SurveyMonkey since she stepped her foot through the door. As, as your career progresses, right, you index more and more on the people that you'll be working with. And um, I have to say that in all of my my conversations with uh, Xander, our CEO, with Tom, our president, with really the entire executive team, and then uh, the folks on my team, I was just so impressed and really felt this connection to the to the team. And so, so that's the first thing is just finding finding a great team to to be part of. And as part of that, I really admire the SurveyMonkey culture. So our mission as an organization is to power the curious, but we talk about SurveyMonkey as a place where the curious come to grow. I'm really uh, could not be more proud of the culture um, that has been built here over the years and the fact that we do really, I think, eat in our own restaurant and use our own tools to listen to feedback from employees uh, to continue evolving that, that culture and going from strength to strength. And you know our ears perk up when we hear the nod to feedback. ProfitWell is all about feedback as being non-negotiable, uses a tool to better our organization both internally and externally. Feedback is tricky though. It can feel inherently personal by nature, but Lila agrees that without it, you're setting yourself up to fail in some fundamental way. Leela knows the world is still rife with companies not listening to their key stakeholders, a huge missed opportunity for growth in all realms. If you open up a newspaper and look at what's going on in the world, you'll see it abundantly. And she attests to that here. It's your customers and your employees with their honest and explicit feedback that will ultimately shape your company's success. Listen into this clip from an interview we did with her in 2018. I think the response is you open the, if you, if you still read a newspaper, if you open Flipboard for the day and look at what's going on in the world, the world is just rife with examples of companies not listening to their key stakeholders. Mm. So whether it's, for example, I think United rolled out some crazy bonus scheme where it was like a lottery to get bonuses, mm. or whether it's you know some challenging ad that a company's run where it just it feels tone deaf, it falls really flat, and actually has the potential to backfire and cause negative sentiment toward that brand. Right? I mean that. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, you look at you know what's going on inside organizations where employees are not feeling heard and so are running their own surveys mm. to get that point across, right? It's, it's everywhere we look. And I think that sends a clear message to organizations that you have to be listening. You have to be thinking yeah. through the points of view that matter the most to you. And typically, as I said, it's customers, it's employees, yeah. it's two core sets of constituents who's, who's, who are essential to the company's success. Right. And so if you're not listening to that feedback, then I think you run the risk of really um, committing a faux pas. And that can be internal and organizationally if you're not aware of how employees feel. And it can be externally and brand impacting if it's about uh, launching campaigns or doing something else where, you know, you're just getting the wrong kind of attention, basically. If you enjoyed this snippet into the subscription Sapien, share it with hashtag RecurNow and make sure you're subscribed to RecurNow to receive them straight to your inbox. And finally, a teaser for a panel session we call Overrated, Underrated. Overrated or underrated? It's underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated. Tomorrow on Overrated, Underrated, we discuss... 
All right, what about what about our, our open floor office layout? Hmm, 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 that's interesting. Find this and more like it on recurnow.com. Your October 21st episode is a wrap. Remember, if you have news to spread, whether it be a product launch or a particularly strong opinion on what we've covered, let's connect. You can reach me at abby at recurnow.com and we'll collaborate. If you are not on the list to receive daily episodes, get yourself over to recurnow.com to sign up.